Hey guys, uh, welcome to another episode of the Borderless Odyssey podcast. I have America's most beautiful Miss Texas with me. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, so you are America's most beautiful Miss Texas. And you know, when I posted your bio on, you know, my socials, um, a lot of people kept texting me, you know, wanting to know more how how you got the title and, you know, pe- people are interested in getting to know you. So how, how did that title come about? Yeah, so I started doing pageants um, about like two years ago. So in law school, I kind of just needed an outlet of doing something else. So I'm sure you know law school is very stressful, um, studying all the time, reading all the time, preparing for class all the time. I just needed another outlet. So I actually just started, I ran for Miss Dallas, USA. My first time ever doing a pageant of that magnitude and I got top 10. Wow. I was like, okay, let's do that. So then um, I ran for another pageant after that, Miss Twin Rivers. Um, I actually won that one. And I did very well in this. So I enjoyed that a lot. And then I did another pageant, which is this one, America's Most Beautiful Miss Texas. And I ended up winning the th- whole thing as well. Wow. So I really enjoy it. I really like having a platform um, and just giving back to the community and being some type of role model to little girls who um, kind of were just like me a few years ago. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. It's it's an amazing journey. You started two years ago and you've won two titles already. I think it's uh, it's amazing. And this is these are some of the things I want to capture today as we are going to dive in to your story. Um, that's basically you know, the, the, the cap on top of your story, America's most beautiful Miss Texas. So, but who is Taylor? We want to get to know you. Who are you? And, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? Um, you basically have come from two cultural backgrounds, you're American, you're Nigerian. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So like you said, I come from two backgrounds. My dad born and raised true Nigerian man. And my mom is from a small town in Mississippi. Um, so growing up, I mean, I like you said, I had both backgrounds. So I, I would hang out with my Nigerian cousins, go to the Nigerian parties growing up. Then I'd also like hang out with my um, Mississippi family. So I would spend a lot of my summers there. Um and then my grandfather, he um, he actually raised me as well with my parents, and he's from Mississippi as well. So I got a lot of his culture and a lot of his teachings. But a little bit about me, Taylor. Yeah, I ask myself that a lot. Oh, well, who am I? I mean, I think I just do what makes me happy. I think I've done a lot of different cool things in my life. I'm blessed, um, very blessed of where I am today. Amen. And, I've had great people in my life supporting me, mentoring me, loving me. And I just like I appreciate everyone that I've ever encountered in my life and where I am today. That's amazing. That's amazing. You say you do a lot of cool stuff. And earlier you spoke about um, giving back, Um, you know, so what, what type of work do you do with giving back to the community, Um, you know, in Texas, in, in Dallas. And I'm asking this one, you know, just for you to share the type of work you've been doing. And two, if someone wants to, you know, collaborate with America's most beautiful Texas, how can they get a hold of you to collaborate on, you know, helping more young girls out there? 
course. Well, number one, I'm really easy to reach out to. I mean, my Instagram, um, email, anything. I have a website, anything like that. But one thing I'm really uh, take pride in is like pouring into other people because, like I said, a lot of people have poured into me. So with this title that I've had and the previous title that I had, I made it an absolute priority to make sure I go to different schools and talk to, you know, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and seeing someone who looks like me and knowing that they can do it as well. I know for me, um, having mentors and people to look up to that look like me meant the absolute world. So like growing up, I loved Raven Simone, um, just her confidence, um, just who she was. I mean, she was a funny, she dressed cute, everything about her. When I used to watch That's a Raven as a little kid, I just was like, I want to be like her. Or even when I was in college, um, I used to watch a show called Scandal with Carrie Washington. Yep. And she was like this beautiful lawyer in D.C. And I was like, oh, I want to be like her. So that's actually why I applied to be an intern on Capitol Hill in D.C. A lot of people don't know that, but I was going to go straight to law school after undergrad. But after watching Scandal my junior and senior year, I was like, no, I want to live the D.C. life. I want to be like her. <laughs> so, like, you know, having black women that are like doing their thing, that are confident um, and just, you know, just great women, I think is so important to have. Um, I know for myself, a lot of girls reach out to me on LinkedIn and like Instagram and Facebook. And they ask, you know, they ask me about like how law school was or how do I get to the point that I'm at or um, what, yeah, what made me get into pageants or how do you prepare for a pageant? And I, yeah, I promised myself that like, no matter how busy I get, I'm always going to help somebody else. Cause that was me when I was in college at OU. Um, I was reaching out to black girls who worked on Capitol Hill and I was asking them, how did you get there? When I was working on Capitol Hill, I was reaching out to black girls in law school and I was asking them, you know, how do you study for the LSAT? How did you write a personal statement and different things like that? And I'm so grateful that those young women took the time to like sit down and talk to me. Because I mean, like I like I said, I can only thank them so much for where I am now because they really poured into me and helped me a lot. That's amazing. That's such an amazing and powerful story. Um, you know, and there's a lot to pick from what you just said. First of all, I think it's amazing the ability to just really ask for help. Yeah, you, absolutely. You know, yeah, I think I think that's pretty amazing and that's what I got from you a lot. I want this, I want to achieve this, but I know people, I see people who are where I want to be. Let me reach out to them, ask them, how can I get from point A to point B and actually take notes and, you know, get get put in the work so you can get to where you're going. Um, I think that's pretty amazing. And also, you know, you said you watched Scandal. Um, so who are some of the people in your life that have directly influenced you, you know, to study law? You know, scandal aside, you know, let's say, oh, that's a yeah. TV show. Um, but who are the people like what What made you want to do law? Yeah, I would say I don't I don't think I had any direct like lawyers in my life growing up. But um, I just always respected the profession. And I always res- I also liked how people respected lawyers. Mm. Um, you know, how they walked into the room, how they carried themselves, how they were always poised. And I 
always wanted to emulate that. And the one woman that, of course, that I am so inspired by is my mom. She's not a lawyer, but she is the most amazing woman, I think, that ever walked this earth. I mean, I've learned everything from her. I'm actually in her office right now. Um, and just you know, how she carries herself, how she cares for other people, how she nurtures other people. I wanted to be something just like that. And another thing is that I just really wanted to help others and give back. And I just found that, you know, being a lawyer would be a way to do that. I knew that I could help others in a lot of other ways, but it just seemed like, you know, law was kind of just kind of calling my name and I, I enjoy it. So it was hard. It's hard work in law school and stuff, but I enjoy it. I mean, I can imagine, um, you know, I mean, that's that's amazing. And, you know, shout out to your mom. Um, I'm sure she's proud of you today. Um, you know, so you were doing law, you're doing pageantry um, and then you're helping people out there. How do you balance all of that? Yeah. And still, you know, make time for yourself, you know, maybe have girls nights or go girls brunch. How do you how do you balance all of that like with so much going on for you at the same time? Yeah, well, I will say it was difficult at first. Um, when I first got this title, I was um, in my last year of law school and it was very, very hard because I knew that a lot of girls were also wanted this title that they were running in the pageant like that, that I was um, running against. So it was hard for me to um, be a good student in school while also being a good friend to my friends and being a good daughter to my parents or a good sister to my brother um, and also being this pageant queen. And actually, like, during my reign, I had to kind of reshift myself and say, like, OK, Taylor, if you want to do all of these things and do it well, you're going to have to take the time to yourself. And it was like for a month or so where I kind of just said, I'm done with everything. I need to pour into myself. And I think that was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself. Absolutely. Um, because I remember somebody told me the advice, like, you're always trying to pour into others. But when are you going to pour into yourself? Mm. And that made me step back. I was like, that is so, so true. Like, yeah. Taylor, what are you doing? yourself like what are you doing for yourself that you can just be on the go all the time or helping people or inspiring people or you know what I mean so I think just I will say this year 2023 I really had to take a step back and say you know I want to be great in all these things but I also don't want to um, beat myself down to the ground because I'm exhausted absolutely absolutely I mean that's powerful and you know a lot of the people that come on this podcast you know, and, and myself included, it's it's uh, it's a thing where we're high achievers. A lot of yeah. people I know are high. They, they, we just want to achieve. We just want to move on to the next, and not re- really thinking about okay, maybe I need to take a break. There can be a time in my life where I don't have to create. I don't have to be doing anything, and that is okay. And that's yeah, why absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, and that's why. Uh, I, and I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I would say I would say especially our age group and in this um, day and age of social media, like this hustle culture is going to be our demise. Like always thinking that you have to be doing something, always thinking that you have to be like working towards a goal. But we're like 35. We're going to be burnt out. Yes. And like I told myself, like I've been working my butt off since freshman year, freshman year of high school. And like you kind of look up, you're like, okay, now 
all these years have gone by, you know, I've accomplished great and big things, but like, you know, am I actually soaking in the moment and enjoying the moment? And I will say this year, like I said, I've really taken the time to like coach myself in that and realize I'm like, it's okay to have all these big goals and you want to achieve certain things, but it's also okay to just like relax and enjoy the fruits of your labor. Because sometimes we think life is just labor, 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 yep. but you got to enjoy it. And I don't want to wait till I'm 50 to enjoy it. Yes. You know, like these years now, I'm trying to enjoy it now and enjoy myself now. Yeah. So that's something that I really learned this year. Absolutely. There's a meme I saw the other day of this old couple, probably in the 70s, 75-ish, and they are in Venice, Italy, on a, on a boat. And they're sleeping, you know, they, so they basically booked a tour to go around Venice and, you know, they're sleeping because they don't have uh, the energy anymore to stay awake and actually enjoy. And the caption was, this is why you shouldn't wait until you retire to actually enjoy life. Um, you can be working your butt off now and still make time to actually enjoy yourself, actually relax and actually have a good time. Life is unpredictable. You might want to say, let me work for the next 20 years and after that I can enjoy myself. You might not even make it up to the next 10 years. That possibility exists. Um, yeah. You know, so there is no point in waiting as long as you do it responsibly, you have a plan. Um, you know, make sure you, you're hitting your targets professionally. Make sure you're hitting your targets personally. I mean, get get to enjoying. Why not? Why wait? Yeah, absolutely. I would say for myself, like, I've always had, um, like, every year I do, like, this checklist of the things that I want to accomplish. And I think that's great to have. Like you said, it's good to have goals. But, you know, making sure, like, in between those goals, you're doing things for yourself. Very, and that's very so important. So Yes. Very, very important. Um, I wanna, I wanna talk about the relationship between you and your mom. You know, you uh, you said a lot of cool, nice, amazing things about your mom just now, and you know, what's what's the relationship like between you and your mom, and how, you know, and I'm asking this, you know, as a, as a black woman, um, the world can be a cruel place to you all. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's our job as black men, it's, our, it's, it's, you know, black women to support you all, each other, um, in this risk of life. And yeah. someone juggling so much, how, how crucial has that support been like uh, from your mom? Yeah. Well, I'll say... That support I will get, I get from both my parents. Um, my mom and dad, I think, have been my absolute, of course, rock my entire life. Um, they have instilled things in me that I probably could never like thank them enough for. Um, you know, they they've instilled like just being a good person. I think that's the main thing that they've instilled into me and my brother. Um, of course, they wanted me and my brother to have great jobs and be able to provide for ourselves. But like they they make sure that they let us know that that's important. But the most important thing is, you know, being a God fearing person and being a nice person, being kind and being genuine. Like I have my Instagram bio, um, authenticity always wins. And I always I truly, truly believe that yeah. just being a good person, um, being kind and genuine, I think. Open so many doors that an education, 
that your grades or people that you know won't open. And I mean, like I said, they've taught me so many things and I look up to them so much. They've been married for 36 years. Um, so like, yeah, true love. Yes, true, true love. So um, seeing that love, I think growing up in our household is is like taught me other things in life too. Like I, I every day that I walk out of my apartment, like I try to be like a nice person. I truly do. And I think I've learned that so much from both of my parents and I love them so, so much. That's, that's beautiful, man. That's, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Um, you know, just a young girl growing up in a home where there's, where there's love, where there's a mom and dad in the house is such a, a huge, um, you know, blessing where, you know, cause th- there's love in this house and, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really good thing. I'm glad to hear you you had that kind of, you know, support from both parents and I think it's amazing. Especially with everything you're doing out there, you definitely do need like to come home, you know, to a warm home um to get mm-hmm. all the support you're having. So that's that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully they listen to this. They'll be all crying a little bit. They're <laughs> really emotional. I'm sure I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Um, you know, pageantry, law school, you know, having all the support from your parents and as a black woman, how how has it been working into these spaces as a black woman? Yeah. Um how has that experience been for you? Yeah, I mean it's been interesting. I was actually having this conversation with um, one of my friends the other day, and I told them, I'm not a strong Black woman. I never have been. My mom's not one. The women in my life, and I'm not one. And, you know, I just think sometimes in society, we think that Black women, because we, you know, have all these accolades and degrees and because of all these things that we have, we're not soft and vulnerable like our other women counterparts. And I, like I said, I always tell people like, you know, I'm delicate like a flower, just like everybody else. And when things happen at work or things happen at school where like my feelings are kind of hurt, they kind of look at black women like, oh, she's okay. And we're not. And I think it's not fair. It's not fair that society sees us as these like, big burly people that don't have emotions or who's so strong or like, I don't know. I think I saw one picture, um, how like black women, black women were the backbone of the civil rights movement. And like, I get it, but it makes us seem like we're just like, um, we can take a beating and we can't, you know, you know? So like, I, like I said, whenever I'm going through something, I try to remind people like, yeah, I'm a woman. I, I'm delicate. I have feelings just like anybody, just like my white counterpart women. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the time and the age we're living in with social media is, it's, uh, it's making things Social media helps definitely. It helps. I mean, it helps spread awareness, but it's it it's also doing a lot of damage. Um, you know, the things people can say or tweet, um, or just post on Facebook or Instagram about black women, and you know, like oh, they can definitely take this, and and the lack of respect that is being shown to black women out there is 
it's insane. Yeah. It's insane to to put it that way. Um, you know, but here you are, a black woman defying all odds, you know, a lawyer, a beauty queen, and, and you're helping out society, setting an example for other black women. Um, and I'm sure that comes with a lot of, you know, self-doubt sometimes, um, anxiety sometimes, insecurity sometimes. How do you, how do you deal with that? How do you get past that um, on a day-to-day basis, on a weekly basis? Or let's say it's a beauty queen night. How do you look yourself in the mirror and say, no, I, I got this. This is something I can win and, and just go in for the kill? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that you asked that question. Um, like I said, I'm human. So sometimes when I'm going through things and I'm like, I don't feel pretty or, you know, I shouldn't win this or I go through that a lot. And I have I suffer from anxiety. Um, I get self-conscious sometimes. And sometimes I know I come across in social media like I just like have all this confidence. But some days I'm I'm down just like, <laughs> you know. Um, and for me, I think what really helps is that I do have a really um, have a really strong faith. I pray a lot. Mm. I do. I pray a lot. And I lean on God for a lot of the things that I go through. And I think that's just happened. I'm not going to lie. Recently, um, before, I think I relied on a lot of on other people to get me through situations. And I realized that that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable to rely on someone else to get you through self-doubt or to rely on someone else to get you through low self-esteem at the time. And you have to rely on God, which I've learned. And it's helped me so, so much. Um, I know, like I said, when my self-esteem is down, sometimes I delete my Instagram. I delete, I delete social media for a little bit. I believe in the saying, um, comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. So I'm feeling like, oh, my God, this girl has this, this, this or this girl is doing that. You know, sometimes you have to break away from everything and just look at yourself and be thankful for what you have been blessed with. And I think that has helped me so, so much. Like I said, I love social media. It's cool. You know, posting a cute little picture sometimes. But it's I don't it's something about it, I think, like. We should not be able to see so many different people in all inside of their lives. And it's just sometimes I think it's very toxic. Um, yeah. And of course, people only post the good things. I know I do. I don't I'm not <laughs> posting sometimes at night in law school or different things that I'm going through. So I don't blame people for not posting those things. But sometimes it's really good to kind of just. You know, step away and 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 just look at yourself and remind yourself what you are thankful and what you are blessed for. Man, I think I think that's such a powerful um, advice. You know, just stay off social media because again, it's so easy to see you know Taylor in a in a behind a Porsche driving. Maybe it's rented. Um, but, but maybe I'm thinking, oh, wow, you know, she has all this money to buy, to buy this, mm-hmm. you know, with the LV bag or with, you know, Gucci glasses, what, what, whatever it is. And you start like, oh, I want that life. But you don't know what they go through or what they went through to have the life they're having. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you, you, you guys come from different backgrounds, first of all. Um, their dad might be doing a different job than yours. Um, different backgrounds, so there's no way you guys will be on the same 
level. Um, so again, enjoy where you are at. Be appreciative of what you have now and, and see how you can work with what you have to take you to the next level. Um, That's so true. Yeah, and also realizing that everyone's timing is different. Um, I think in our age, like we kind of measure our success by age, like by 30. I need to be I need to have this by 35. I need to be doing this, making this amount of money living in this city. And it's kind of like ludicrous that we think that way, that that we think that life works that way. And because nine times out of 10, it doesn't. You can write out these goals, but sometimes it doesn't work out. And it's okay, you know, when it doesn't work out. Um, and also like we were saying, if that girl riding around in that Porsche and that big house, like she probably worked her butt off and she deserved, you know, so I'm never the type either to be hating on somebody else because they have something that I may want. Their time is now and my time will be later on, you know, so not even myself in that way, but saying, Hey, that girl worked her butt off. She deserves to have that. Her time is right now. Absolutely. I think understanding your time or understanding timing and how it works is so important because we all can't win at the same time. Like, um, you know, life, life is time and chance. Yeah, it's time and chance. Um, I might just I mean, look at Kabi, for example, you know, the dude who just does this. (laughs) Yeah. You know, 10, 15 years a go if you say in 15 years time there's going to be a guy on the internet who just you know does this with his arms and it's going to be a millionaire like are you going to say no there's no way that's going to be possible but we live at a time and age again time and chance we yeah. have to live in the social media age where you can just do things you don't need to go to school to become a millionaire yeah um so life works differently for everyone so focus on what's it's in your bubble. It's in your circle. Focus with what with focus in what's around you, um, and use that to to propel you. And that that's just the best way you can actually succeed. Instead of looking at what the next man has or what the next woman has, and how you can get what they have, instead of focusing on what you can have and use what you get to get to you know to get what you actually do once out of life. So I think that that's really good advice. And I will say also, I think um, what I've realized growing up is that success is different for everybody. Like we met in college. So I was like 19, 20. My idea of success was having a big house, a big closet with shoes, clothes, you know, nice, nice ride. And that's great. I want that, of course. But like, I think as you mature and as you um, go through life, you realize there are some different things that you want. And, you know, that's success for some people. And I'm not knocking that at all. But, you know, I think as I've grown up, I what I aspire for my success is to just, you know, I want to have a loving family one day. One day I would love to be a mother. I would love to um, have a fulfilling career. So if that does mean making a lot of money, great. But if it doesn't, but I feel fulfilled every day that I come home, I think that's more meaningful to me. Um, so, like, yeah, just making sure that you're looking at success and realizing that it's different for every person. Because I think when we hear the word success, we think monetary. And 
as we know, we know, we see it all the time where millionaires are not happy with their lives or they wish they had something else. And us normal people are like, oh, if I was a millionaire, I promise you I'll be happy. But we don't know that. (laughs) So they say, oh, money can buy. I don't believe that. Um, You know, I'm doing well for myself now. Like I can buy myself nice things. And I'm seeing that. I mean, at the moment, it feels good swiping your cart. But there's other things in life, you know, that I think that truly money cannot buy. And I believe that truly does come with age and with experience. That's amazing. Um, that's such an apt way to to put things. Um, you know, time and age and perspective change as we grow older. And, yeah. you know, is there anything specific that actually influenced the way you saw success at 19 with the way you see success now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I guess at 19, everything was kind of given to me. Mm. So my parents bought everything. Like they bought me my car, they paid for my apartment in Norman, Oklahoma. Like all I had to do was get good grades. You know, so I'm like, okay, good, good grades, get a good job, make a lot of money. What more is it like? That's all you got to do. So I think when you get older, you know, when you go through different things in life and, you know, you go through trials and tribulations, you're like, oh, my God, why am I going through this? You're seeing that uh, a Prada bag isn't going to make things better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, driving a Mercedes isn't going to make things better. And I mean, I've even noticed that now, like I said, I've been after I graduated law school, I started working um, and, you know, I can I can do well for myself. But there's some things that money can't really put a smile on my face or like a purse can't really put a smile on my face. So it's like, like I said, giving back what I really try to do when I have time. I like on Fridays going to different schools and talking to 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 um, kids and mentoring them. That's what puts a smile on my face or spending time with my friends, spending time with my family. That's what puts a smile on my face. So it's not something that, you know, I can buy or anything like that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I mean, that's such a, that's, I feel like our generation, especially we are so huge on poppers. Yeah. And just giving back. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a first generation college student, you know, so it's it's been a hell of a journey. Just being the first person in my family to finish college and now I have a master's. Um, and, and, you know, when I look back, I started this podcast, for example, just so I can actually reach out to more people and, and collect stories and share them to people out there in the world. Because I believe we all do have stories to tell. Um, I mean, yours is, yours is amazing, um, you know, and, and mine too. And this platform has just given me that opportunity to actually share my story. Because, again, we met in college. We, I think we actually worked together for NISO. We did. <laughs> I just wore that shirt the other day. Yes. I still. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. 
Yeah, the good old days. Oh, God. Good old days. So um, I think it's it's amazing. A lot of the people I know, a lot of the people I went to OU with, I see them do it, doing their thing. I see them just trying to give back to society, trying to give back to the young folks. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing to, to see. It's not just me, 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 me. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want this. It's how, well, definitely me, because you got to point to yourself first. But now I'm pointing to myself. How can I help um, others? Uh, you know, and I think it's a, it's 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 a good thing. And for me, my my purpose really of I started this podcast three or four years ago. Then I stopped, and then I lost my dad um, halfway through my masters, and I needed to take a break just so I can focus on my mental health, just so I can focus on me. Um, and, and it gave me a different perspective about what I actually wanted for my life. And one mm-hmm. of the things really is to just inspire people and help people out there. Um, you know, and I know you as well lost your granddad because we've been trying to do this podcast for a while now, but you lost your, your granddad and took some break off social media. So... Here's two people who have lost someone very dear to them, um, and and for me it was a it was a very depressing time, you know, in my life because um, I wasn't home, uh, I was in college when it happened, so it was very very depressing. And how has that experience been like for you, the the whole healing process, when you actually lost your your granddad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was rough. I mean, like I'm sure you can, you can attest to as well. So it happened also when I was in law school and, um, it was very, very rough. Like I was going to take a leave of absence. I was going to do a whole like stop and then do another semester, but I knew that's what he wouldn't have wanted me to do that. So I just took some time off for a little bit. Um, being with friends, friends and family, people that love you, um, to kind of recenter yourself because it's needed. It was, it was so needed. And he, yeah. And like I said, he raised me with my parents. So he had been living with us since I was five years old. So five years old Mm. up until I left college. And then, you know, every summer I would come back home, he would still be, um, here at my parents' house. But, um, yeah, he he taught me. I think he is the reason why, like, I'm the person that I am today. Um, he taught me the importance of work ethic. Um, I used to be a server at Steak and Shake, and I was a server at Papacitos all throughout high school. So I've been working since I was like 14 years old. So wow. I've been out. <laughs> and um, like, so he knew my whole schedule, and he would like help me iron my clothes. Like when I went to work, I was clean he would make sure my clothes were starched making sure I'm there on time like so and he used to um actually work at a coca-cola factory in Mississippi mm-hmm. so he was a very very um hard worker and he taught me that and one thing he also really taught me that was very important um he would always say always treat your fellow man right and it's so simple but it's so so true just to do like I've never seen him be ugly or mean or rude to anyone 
And I try, I remember when he did pass, like I promised um, when I spoke at his funeral, I promised to embody him in everything that I do going forward. So everything. Yeah. So every time that, like I said, I I speak at these um, events for my pageant stuff or just talking to people, I try to what he says, treat my fellow man right. And just and just being a good person, being a genuine person and just being and being like him. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and you know, for me, um, my dad's death basically made me redefine purpose. And that's why I actually brought this question up, just because earlier you, you spoke about when someone goes through, life makes you go through trials and tribulations as you age. Um, and, yeah. and I know, you know, this was a very difficult moment for you. And as you sit down and reflect on his life, and again, you know, you want to embody all these lessons is is basically taught you um, and actually practice them and carry his legacy on, which I think is, is amazing. And now you have this title, um, America's Most Beautiful Miss Texas. Um, you know, with everything you've learned so far and everything life has actually taught you, what do you like, what's the plan? What's your plan for this platform? Yeah, so um, one thing that I make it a priority to do when I speak is to let people know that I'm no different from them. Um, I think a lot of people, when they reach status, they always say, like, I knew I was des- I was um, destined for greatness or I knew I was gifted from God or something like that. I don't believe in that at all. I don't think I'm any different from anybody else. It's just that I want to fulfill my purpose in this way, but someone else can fulfill their purpose in another way. So maybe my fulfilling my purpose is, you know, getting pageant titles and speaking at different schools or being a mentor, being a um, someone that they can look up to. But somebody else's purpose can be in a different type of way. So, like I said, what I I let little kids know, like, you know, I'm no different. You can do it, too. I was just like you. I'm no different. Didn't come from a a famous people background. Um, I didn't have anything different from anybody else. But I just worked hard and I believed in myself. And that's how I that's how I got here. That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, do you do you have. So I'm I'm sure there's going to be a lot of young black girls listening to this episode who are like, oh, I want to be like Taylor, Um, you know, down the line. Do you think you like what do you think the plan is down the line? You know, like five, ten years. Do you want to get like, you know, a Taylor Academy of, you know, young girls to help out or foundation or something? Um, what's, What's the plan? What's the idea down the line for you? I don't know. I I would love to have like a, a pageant consulting company. I think that'll be kind of cool. Um, like I said, I came into pageantry not knowing anything. So I used YouTube and I reached out to random girls on Instagram who wanted to message me back and give me some advice. So I think there should be a lot of more black girls in pageantry. Mm. Um, we have talent. We have we are there. It's just we kind of a lot of them don't know how to get into it, 
But um, yeah, I would love to have a consulting pageantry little company. Um, if that, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think that'll be yeah. cool to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, yeah, something like that. Um, of course, continue my career. Um, yeah. And just continue to be happy, continue to do things that make me happy. I think now, like, I have no problem with going to a concert by myself. I go rock climbing by myself. I go to restaurants by myself. Sometimes, like, I've made a lot of new friends as I moved to Austin. So I'm just continuing to just do things that make me happy. And like you said earlier, um, you know, the next year is not promised. You don't know when it's your last day. Yep. So I try my best to live every day like it is my last. Yep. And just enjoy and just enjoy and and be blessed with this life that we have been blessed with. Amen. Amen. Um, <laughs> I mean, you you've said so much and that is all powerful and all true. Um, I, I, I love it and I'm here for it. Um, what what do you what do you what's your favorite part of you know modeling like being a beauty queen? What's what's what do you like the most about it? And also what don't you like about it? Ooh. <laughs> hey. Um I love getting dressed up. I know that kind of sounds kind of cliche, but I love doing makeup, getting all dressed yeah. up. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> yeah, then like I said, um, being a role model, like when I, I, I kid you not, like, so I walk into the schools and I have this on my head. And when I say like the black girls, like when they look at me, they're like, yeah, come up to me, hugging me. I'm like, oh my God. And it's just like, it's so, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful because like you see maybe black girl, black girl princesses on TV, but you don't really see it in person. So I think moments like that, it is absolutely priceless. Like you couldn't I couldn't pay for moments like that. Um, like they ask, are you a princess? I'm like, no, not yet. But you won't. So little things like that, I think I just Oh, it just melts my heart. Absolutely I melts my heart. Imagine. I can yeah. imagine, honestly. I can actually yeah. see their little faces right now, just you know, looking at you and and. <laughs> I oh, so I love that. Um, but I would say the hard part. Ooh, I guess kind of having to turn it on, even when you're not having the best day. So, like sometimes I'll have to do different appearances at different places. Um, and I may have not had the best week at the time, yeah. but you have to smile. You have to be inviting and you have to be, um, you know, warm and something that's really, really challenging to do. Um, like I said, because life sometimes it beats you behind. <laughs> you got to show up and you got to be there. Um, but I mean, I worked through it. I, I Like I said, I know I worked hard for this crown. And um, just because I had a bad week or like a bad day, I'm not going to let something like that um, ruin an appearance. But I would say that's probably kind of the toughest part about it. But other than that, I think it's pretty great. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, you know, just just going back to those girls, um, you walking into the classroom and them coming, hugging you. Um, I mean, I, I can't even imagine how it feels like, but just thinking about it, how does that 
inspire you to want to keep on doing this? Like, can you... I mean, I know, of course, I'm sure it inspires you, but, like, put it into words for me. Like, how, how do you feel at that moment? And when you look at their faces, how does that make you feel? Great. Because I did not grow up the most confident little girl. I was not cool in middle school, elementary or high school. Um, I was not at all. Um, but I was me. I was genuine and I was me. Um, I stood by what I what I believed in. Mm. So like every time when I would go to those classes and I would see like maybe like it would be like a, a, a little black girl like sitting in the corner or something by herself. And that was me. That was truly me. Like I was so shy. Didn't have many friends in elementary school. Um, didn't talk or anything like that. So I always like it's so inspiring, I think, because I will like afterwards when that little girl like sitting in that corner, I'll make sure I'll go to her. And it just I can tell like it does something to her. And, it, and at that moment, I hope that like she remembers me for the rest of her life, because there were moments like that that I had where I was sitting in the corner and a teacher came to me and like gave me words of praise and words of encouragement. And I still remember to this day, I mean, my favorite teacher, Mrs. Hufty, in second grade, I still remember her. I still have her on Facebook to update her on my life. But I was a very little awkward seven-year-old in second grade. And she kind of just took me under her wing. And um, and like, like I said, we still talk today, but that's amazing. I think those little awkward little girls, like I said, that I used to be, that's what makes it so special and so meaningful to me. That's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I'm sure that those are moments that would stay with them for a long time. You know, just seeing a person of a black woman coming into a classroom, same skin tone, having a beauty crown on her head means a lot. Um, you know, yeah. we didn't grow up with role models, so we have to become role models for the younger generation coming up it's uh i think it's uh it's a thing that we have to do yeah it's a duty duty. yes yeah to to go back and to be someone to look up to and also i think um one thing that i i really enjoy is being transparent because I think a lot of people sometimes they act like their trajectory is straight. Mm. Like I had this plan and I, I did everything that I needed to do. And this is how I got here. And I, I never preach that. Never, never, never. Like I trust I let people know I have been through it. I've been through certain t- th- things in my life. And, um, and I think that's so important to share. Um, I know it's so weird, but like sometimes when I go in the mall or like um, a grocery store and I'll look around and I'll say like somebody in here has had their heart broken or somebody in here has lost a job or somebody in here has lost a loved one. And I look at myself and I say, okay, what makes me think that I'm exempt from any of that? And that's what really helps me go through certain things because you know, sometimes we go through things where we're like, why me? Why me? I didn't deserve this. And like the most gracious people in life have gone through terrible things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And in letting people know like you can go through hard times in life and still come out okay. Um, 
One of my mentors, actually, she tells me, she told me this a few years ago, and I use this in my prayer every night when I get on my knees and pray. But she prays that um, that her heart doesn't grow hardened. And that means like no matter what crazy stuff life throws at you, mm. I pray that I don't become like this hardened, bitter person. Mm. And I think, like I said, I pray about that every single night because I think it's so, so true. I mean, I'm sure you know, like, you know, people who have been through terrible things in life and it has literally changed who they are as a person. Yeah. 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 And I pray that, like, you know, whatever I've gone through in this life, it doesn't harden my heart, darken my heart or change who I am. But I still want to be that loving, nurturing person that I once was when I was young, before life, you know, came at us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that I'm still that same person. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's so, so important. And I make sure I tell people that whenever I'm like talking, especially to the high school kids before life kind of starts, Absolutely. before you go off to college. Absolutely. I mean, that's such a powerful thing to say to yourself and speak and manifest. Um, you know, because it's, it's important before we were, you know, like you said, life came at us. We were innocent and young and you know we didn't we didn't know much but then things will happen to you and things will change you um but either way you have to make an effort to stay true to yourself to stay true to your core to stay to stay true to some i think it's important to have core values you know each individual yeah. should have core values love honesty um you know whatever you want them to be and no matter what life throws at you just just come back to that drawing board see your core values and say okay this is me these are the things i will always 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 stand for i'm not going to change this these things about me um and then you know just go back out there in the world and just 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 do you and and, and be yourself um, that's so so important, I think, to make sure you have those core values because, I mean, it's hard to lose them. Yes. It's hard. It's hard not to lose them. Um, you know, especially like if you were raised in a certain way. Like I was raised in church, and I know when I went off to college, it was hard. Like you see, you see crazy things in college. <laughs> you know, mad crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to like stick to the things that were instilled in you and that you know better. Yes. And um, yeah. And I think those are the people who rise to the top are the people who stay true to themselves and not allow this crazy world to, you know, warp their way that they see the world or the way that they act in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tunnel vision. Um, yeah, absolutely. Vision. <laughs> and and you know, there's a saying, charity begins at home. Um, I grew up with very strict, with a very strict dad, and at that time, I actually hated how. I mean, hate is a strong word, but honestly, that's how I felt then. You know, and I I didn't like it at all. No plane for me, just cool home, school home, more studies, school home, more studies, school yeah. home, more studies. But I mean, look at me today, you know, yeah. first generation college student and that discipline, which I hated as a kid, is actually helping me in my adulthood in, in ways I can't even imagine. Absolutely. In ways I can't even imagine, no matter what life throws at me, no matter what's happening in my life. 
I'm still that disciplined individual. I'm still waking up each morning and I'm going out there to get my thing going every single day. Yeah, no, I agree. Same with me. Grew up in a very strict household. Went to my first actual party until I went to college. I couldn't go to parties <laughs> like that in high school. So, and like you said, when you're going through it, like in high school, you're like, oh my God, my life is terrible. Why are they so strict? And I can only thank them, you yeah, know, for... Yeah having boundaries and for for saying you need to do this you need to be home at this time you need to be studying doing this this and this because it literally prepares you for where you are today i mean even when i come home now like i was saying i'm at my parents home right now um if i go out i have to be home at a certain time i'm 27 <laughs> but you know i mean they they still like a respect for me and my brother like we know that we respect our parents and we respect their home in every way possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. As it should be. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, again, ladies and gentlemen, America's most beautiful Miss Texas, Taylor. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's been such a pleasure, you know, having you on the podcast. I'm glad we finally, finally got to do this. Um, yes. Before we close up, do you have any advice for... For young girls out there, you know, trying to be beauty queens, trying to be a lawyer, uh, trying to juggle both, or, or just trying to be themselves, trying to be confident in in, in their own skin. Um, what advice would you give to them, and and just to anyone listening, even? Yeah, I would say to them and to anyone, um, be yourself. And I know that is so 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 cliche, but I think it is so imperative. Um, to know and to make sure that you do be yourself because you will meet so many people in this life who will want you to be something different, who will want you to um, be faulty on your morals and be faulty on the things that you hold dear and true to your heart, but just be yourself, work hard. Um, you, I will say this also, you might not always know what you want, but it's very key to know what you don't want. Mm. And I think that is something that has guided me through this life of 27 years is that I don't know where I may want to be at 30 or 40 or 50, but I know what I, where I don't want to be. Yep. And I avoid all those things at all costs. Um, I don't dabble in it. If I, if I'm, talking to someone and I know they're doing certain things that, that doesn't hold true to my values. I distance myself. Um, as an adult, know that you can't change people. Um, if you know something doesn't feel right, if you know that your your stomach is kind of turning when you're around a certain person or you know, you're doing something, leave it. Leave it where it is. Um, like I said, have that tunnel vision. And just believe in yourself and trust in yourself. I would have never thought I would work for Congressman John Lewis for two and a half years in Washington, D.C. I would have never thought I would have gotten into the one of the top law schools in Texas. I would have never thought I'll be a beauty queen. I would have never thought of any of these things. But I believed in myself and I put in the work and um, I cut out all the mess. Yeah. And I just focused on me. And I just did things that helped me. And I think that has helped me a lot. That's amazing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to 
listen to this part once we're done recording so I can okay. take some notes <laughs> for myself <laughs> you know uh, but that's that's amazing that's amazing thank you so much just one last question before I let you go Miss um, Dallas um, most beautiful Miss Texas um, what's next uh, what's next uh, Miss Miss America uh, oh, Miss Universe um, you know what's what's next for you so like I said, I just moved to Austin a few months ago. I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm kind of getting my footing into Austin. Mm. Um, I'm kind of in the political realm right now. So talking to different people in political spaces, I, I like that a lot. But I don't know. I wish I had an answer for it. I wish I had an answer for myself, actually. But just, just doing what feels right for me. Um, enjoying myself having fun, spreading love, um, being, being having a strong faith. I mean, yeah, we'll see how it goes. That's powerful. Thank you so much once again, Taylor, for being on the podcast. It's been an amazing time having you here on the Borderless Odyssey podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. <laughs>